Welcome to the Snake's Paw. We're doing a basic pitch today. Jack is going to share a story with us, and Matthew and I are going to respond. What you got today, Jack? Okay, well, uh, today's story is going to be something a little different from what we've done in the past. Like an, uh, an emotional, dramatic, soul-searching story. I want to start with a, a sympathetic character. He's hit rock bottom. He's homeless. He's living on the streets of a big city. He's just clearly broken by life. And we're going to follow him around for the first day for the little intro. And you see him. He gets pushed around by tourists who make fun of his beard. He goes to the homeless shelter that night because he's freezing. And they're just like, sorry, we are out of beds. It's going to be like the most bleak opening since Disney's Up. <laughs> Not Disney's <laughs> It was Pixar, wasn't it? Since Pixar's yeah. up. So he's cold, he's sad, he has no purpose in life, and he goes to a 24-hour coffee shop because at least he can be warm there, and he goes in, and the barista, they're just like, hey, we don't want any trouble, so you just go over there to that corner and don't bother anyone, and we'll, you can take a nap or whatever. So he's just over there in his corner, and he's just looking out the window at the sad world and like maybe we can be playing like uh mad world or something or some even sadder cover of it right <laughs> we do mad world in a minor key is it in a minor key? yes it's got to be right okay we'll, we'll do it in a minor key. <laughs> do it in a diminished key <laughs> for all the music theory people out there so then we have for the first time ever something some light comes into his world a woman approaches him and like taps him on his, his dirty whole moth-written jacket shoulder. And he looks up as just this, this beautiful, happy, upbeat woman. And she looks at him and she says, Excuse me, mister, would you mind watching my laptop while I go to the bathroom? And he's just like, I will watch your laptop and I will make sure that nobody touches it. And I will be the best laptop garter in the world. You'll see. I I do matter. I do have purpose. And she's just like, great, thank you. And she goes to the bathroom. That's a weird thing to just, just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I will guard your laptop with my life. This is maybe a little bit of an operatic moment. So we can look for ways to see how internal versus external yeah. this, this speech well, gets. We're, we're going like all of a sudden, you know, like the, the blue hue that's been covering the, the dark filter that we've been shooting with. Suddenly we've got like sitcom lighting, you know, it's everything just seems better. And this guy's finally like smiling. He's like, he's watching it. He's just like a few feet from it. Like no one's touching this. The pianist at the coffee shop is doing an upbeat cover of Mad World. <laughs> but then, of course, we have the launching point of the conflict of the story. A group of gang members breaks into the coffee store and they've got guns out and they're going to rob everyone there. And they're like, everyone, put your wallets in the bag or we're going to shoot you a bunch. And they come up to this guy and they're like, you there, we're taking this laptop. And he's like, over my dead body. And at this point, you, we start to realize that this guy, we've underestimated him because he has like Liam Neeson style fighting. Like he just karate chops them in the necks and he's like taking down 10 people at once and they're shooting at him and missing because he's just that good and he he lays waste to all of these people right but one of the stray bullets went through a wall and it hit our girl who we thought was going to be like a love interest or deuteratagonist or whatever no she's in a coma now and the ambulance comes and they're like we're not going to even bother with these guys you've clearly destroyed them but we're going to try to take her to the hospital and he's like wait I have to go with you I have her laptop so she's going to be in a coma for the entire rest of the movie. But turns out she's actually working for some super secret military uh, think tank government thing. And she has these 
top secret nuclear codes on her laptop and her handlers are like we need to get that laptop <laughs> so they start sending like a crew of uh spec ops to try to find the laptop and this guy he doesn't know what's going on he just knows all these people with guns are coming after him to get the laptop and he's like no i made a promise i'm going to protect this laptop so he's just wrecking people left and right. It's, you know, a wacky comedy of uh, misunderstandings. A comedy of misunderstandings and punches. There's going to be so many punches. I want to briefly pay homage to your choice to call any form of martial arts Liam Neeson style. <laughs> and I just wonder if that's a casting hope for this. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Liam Neeson could absolutely do this. Uh, we, we, I wouldn't want someone who looks just a little bit more sad and... <laughs> Irish than Liam Neeson, if we can do that. All maybe. right. Let's see if Liam Neeson has a sadder Irisher cousin. <laughs> it's like an even shorter version of William. We just call him Ian. Plus, if it's Liam Neeson's the homeless guy, you're like, kind of see where it's going. You're like, oh, he's going to start beating people up at some point. Get the actor who plays Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows. No one would see that coming. So clearly, first off, this has to be like a multi, like, globe-trotting sort of a thing where... Like, people, like, grabbing the laptop and he's got, like, chase after them and he's, like, hanging onto the wheels of an airplane or whatever crazy stuff. They're just ridiculous extremes. Like, really, I think, what is at the base of this is this, you can put this guy into any situation you want to because the premise is that he's going to do whatever is necessary to fulfill this very silly basic task. And the greater the contrast, I think the funnier and more entertaining it's going to be. Yeah, so globetrotting, geopolitics, world leaders. Oh, yeah, there's like the apocalypse is at stake. We're talking like nuclear war is. Oh, yeah. So what what would I, I feel like I probably know the answer to this, but what would he need in order to let go of it? He needs her to wake up. Oh, yeah. Nothing short of that. People will explain to him to his face. Like at one point, <laughs> the, the government agents will be like surrounding him with machine guns and like here's the thing if we don't get that laptop it could fall into the hands of terrorists and they could end the world and he'd be like well i made a promise and then probably that would be the uh, the moment when the terrorists come in and then the terrorists kill all those people and they steal the laptop somehow and he has to hunt them down he has to uh, sneak onto their u-boat or whatever <laughs> that takes them to uh, whatever the secret base in Antarctica. They're like Novgorod in Russia. Yes, it's like an yeah, Arctic yeah, circle. No, no. It's actually the terrorists are Nazis and they've captured the thing and they're taking it to Antarctica to decrypt it. And that's how he like he's going to have a whole battle uh, at a volcano in Antarctica, I guess. I, I feel like we're doing a, a 007 film. Oh, yeah. We, I guess we need to reel back the, uh, the submarine <laughs> plot. Then. Let's keep it grounded, I guess. <laughs> So instead, the Nazis are taking it to the moon to decrypt it, and he has to go to the moon. That's, see? Excellent. The bigger is better, I gets think. A, gets a really long ladder. No, we find out, like, he's going to break into NASA, and he's going to steal a rocket, because he just, he's he's so good at, like, following through with his promises, and he's going to follow them to the moon. And one thing... That I think is absolutely necessary is that we never get any kind of background for this guy at all. Like, but yes. prior to what we see in the opening of the film, obviously. And so 
his whole backstory is a mystery. Like, why does he have these amazing skills? Is it just cause it come from within, or does he I have really some mysterious hope when path? We do like dramatic close-ups of him. Sometimes we have like a little bit of shakuhachi music in the background, and sometimes we have a little bit of like Irish tin whistle music in the background. <laughs> He's gonna track down the case by like infiltrating these gangs, and we're gonna learn that he speaks all of the different languages fluently. <laughs> He speaks Russian. He speaks uh, Italian. He speaks um, weird esoteric languages that like people watching will be like, is that even a real language? <laughs> and he just he just knows them because like his training before he became a hobo. I think we're likely to bump up against the notion of his past often enough via the other characters who will want to say in life or death moments, who are, who are you? you? And he'll have have he'll have to have some kind of little tagline. I'm complicated. Kind I'm of. trying to forget. <laughs> and then later you find out like he's wearing dog tags and his name is John Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, Complicated. I left you dead at the bottom of a volcano. How are you back? Devil didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So is our is our notion that our laptop having friend who extremely irresponsibly left nuclear codes <laughs> at a table at a With coffee shop person. while she went to the bathroom... Is she brain dead? No, 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 no. She's going to wake up at the end of the movie. Yeah, no. And he's going to be standing there. And that's going to be the last scene. She's going to open her eyes, look at him. He's holding the laptop. And she smiles and then credits. And she buys him a sandwich at the little hospital cafeteria. Yeah. The after credits, they're eating shawarma in the cafeteria. <laughs> I mean, I think we might need to bring in a fight choreographer to get this done. But between <laughs> that and finding... Eom Neeson out there. Eom Neeson. <laughs> I think this one's pretty much ready to shoot because it is just an amalgamation of fight scenes. Yeah, you're really just concocting set pieces and playing them off each other. People who are going to be watching this are going to be watching it for the fight scenes anyway. Yeah, obviously the plot is. When I said it was going to be a deep dive into the uh, a man's psyche of a broken person, I... You My the first three minutes. <laughs> I was just setting up the twist. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the part of the art house people are going to sin for Oscar consideration. Not for what the Oscars is there a shorts category? Yeah, cool. There's live action and animated and documentary. Live, so live action short will be the category that this gets entered in, and they'll just pretend that the rest of it doesn't exist. <laughs> let's uh, let's really sink the budget into these opening three minutes, and then just turn some Los Angeles martial artist who wants an acting career loose. On the rest of it and get them to do the worst irish accent and i think we were pretty much finished well thanks y'all I, I feel like we got it thanks for putting this one well within the reach of doable all right well y'all we're gonna sign off for this one we'll see y'all next time thanks for tuning in